right. and all of the variables that nobody had any idea were there. No. We're like, well, wait, what, what? AI is this beautiful, shiny thing. And yeah. then you kind of look and you go, but, but wait a second, that doesn't seem about right. That doesn't seem right. Welcome back to the Big Cheese AI Podcast. My name is Sean Heiss. I am hosting again today as Andre is out at a leadership conference. Um, I'm excited. I kind of getting used to this role. You should take it. I, I sorry, like it. sorry, Andre. Um, Dre is usually sitting here, yeah. um, but Brandon's sitting next to me, so I'm going to have to like, yeah. you know, like watch out. This dude's always moving around and <laughs> slapping his mic around, so I'm kind of kind of nervous about that. Um, we also have Jacob or. How you doing, buddy? Hey, and I, what's up? And he's also wearing a uh, Pacer shirt today because we're excited because Carl, Sarah Soli. Yeah, first, got it, yeah right out guest. of the gate. Yes. Cheers. Nailed first it. guess, and he got his name right. Um, I've been trying to, yeah, I assumed it was, I tried to put my Italian, you know, mm-hmm. thing on here. Um, I've never said it correctly until just now, so I'm excited. Uh, I've known Carl. Uh, Jacob and I have known Carl since uh, yeah, it's really been since, yeah. a couple of years, actually, yeah. and then COVID, so it's even longer. Yeah, exactly. COVID, the world froze, and uh, we worked a, a little bit together when Carl moved, and we'll, we'll get into that, but uh, we're really excited to have you on, Carl, um, and uh, we're going to have a really exciting conversation about AI and sports today, um, but before we get going on that, we've got some news updates in the AI space, um, starting off with an interesting article that we that we found um, while doing some research for the show. And it's, it's a, something that you might never even think about in AI. So um, Google's got their model Bard. Yep. And I don't know, maybe I, the worst name ever. I know I, it is. I don't know. Do you use it, by the way? No, I don't okay. use it. Do you, Jacob loves Bard. Bard are you, are you, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but they, they, this made the news, for, and she's one of those articles, you're like, okay, great. And then you start scrolling, you're like, oh, I, I see the story here. Right. So Google reported, or actually CNBC reported that this company, Appen, A-P-P-E-N, um, lost their contract unexpectedly. They're an Australian data company um, with Google. And basically, uh, this company was providing services to help train BARD. And so they provide, um, you know, a, a, a tremendous amount of service, but they're doing it with I guess, really low paid wage workers. And they're basically the type, the people that are testing the model before the large language model before people like us get access to it. And so it opened up this whole conversation about Accenture, who's providing $10 an hour workers, Accenture, who's actually has contractors that are trying to join Google's union. And so it's kind of this weird, like dark side or weird side of AI where you have, you know, like low wage workers working on these new aged. Well, but so, so, okay. So they're, they're low paid employees and, but, but is the work that they're doing ultimately just validating that if I ask an AI that it's giving me an answer that makes sense. Right. But what you're saying is that part of the thing that they have to go through is exposure to all the bad stuff that we ultimately have to make our large language model, not output. True. Right. So they have to go and basically be like, Hey, write me a, you know, completely inappropriate poem about, you know, whatever, my brother and sister. And it then they have to read that and validate, did it work, did it not work? So that's kind of the beef is that these people are getting exposed to things. But it, like like if we would go and we'd say the same thing for people who work at Pornhub, it's a to- it, it is kind of different, though, right? 
I mean, the people at Pornhub have to actually watch video. They have to verify that the stuff that's coming in is within their, you know, respectful range. But with this, there's not video. There's not, I mean, like, what are they seeing that's actually bad, I guess? I, I, I don't know. I think that it's just really interesting that you have this next generation system and these models and you, now you're looking at people in Kenya getting paid. It's like the new sweatshop. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's the layer just below the layer and anything tech and shiny, right? And once you go one layer down, it's all crazy. of the darkness starts to come <laughs> out, right? And, right? and all of the variables that nobody had any idea were there no. are like, well, wait, what, what? AI is this beautiful, shiny thing. And yeah. then you kind of look and you go, but, but wait a second, that doesn't seem about right. That doesn't seem right. Right. Yeah, that, that seems kind of on point too with just how things go, right? Yeah, like shiny and then right below the surface. Yeah. yeah, I feel like we're exiting the honeymoon phase here, and we're starting to see how the sausage is made a little <laughs> bit. And we're like, oh, okay. Well, I, I think if you bring it back to the, the 101 uh, AI stuff, AI is not just this black magic box, right? You you have, and you will learn. We'll talk about this a little bit with sports. Is you know you have a you have to train. You have to have training data, mm -hmm. but you have to reinforce that training data with real-world examples. And so you can't just say, okay, we trained it, now the AI is learning, and it's doing its neural networks, and it's it's always going to be right. Like, you have to have somebody sitting there going, now tune that, that's not right. right. And a lot of times what we're seeing now is that's a – that's a, pay, a worker that's not getting paid very much. So interesting. Um, check it out. Check out. I work article. in AI. I get paid eight dollars an hour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know, maybe the next, you know, yeah. uh, you're not flipping burgers anymore. You you might be uh, training AI algorithms. But so. man, I, I don't know. Like out of out of all the shitty jobs that you can have, that one seems like it might not be that bad. Right? Yeah. You're literally just right. sitting, I mean, sitting, you're sitting there and just be like, yeah, that's good. That's bad. That's good. I've actually built a few different tools for an insurance cl uh, client of mine that lets basically just people sit there and just, you know, a photo comes up and you've got to go highlight where the damage is, right? And you just click, click, and you say what the damage is. Click, click, and that's all your job is. I think we're going to get to a point where you're just going to have entire armies of people. That's all they do is they just click, identify, click, identify, and they become kind of like these human intelligence tasks. Their only purpose is to ultimately feed the artificial intelligence. Which will ultimately replace them. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that that's also it's an interesting thing because most individuals assumption with AI, at least how it's sold, is that that is an automated process, totally. right? That that's yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. But the reality, again, yeah. that's another layer down. It's beyond the shine of AI. And then you realize, wait a second, these models, these things that everybody assumes are happening yep. like this. Yep. And it's, oh, the AI is wrecking. Well, no, not exactly. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe in a couple weeks right. once or maybe in a couple right. years, but there's still a human element yeah. in there. And that human element, depending on who it is, and especially with this article, the, the thought is that that element is adding a variable into the equation totally. yep. and, and it's not controlled. Right. And it's not maybe not as accurate as thought. Well, one thing that kind of blew my mind was like, well, so when we talk about a lot of these open source models that are being released, right, they're just like releasing the model and they're like, well, it's not comparable to ChatGPT. And what people don't realize is there is ChatGPT, yes, is a model, but there is layers and layers and layers of process and, and, and rules and rule, uh, uh, guardrails that make it function the way that it's supposed to function. And only those came up because some human was sitting there right. basically doing that kind of work. Right. Um, so, yeah, so check it out. Um, 
there's there is multiple sides to AI. For our next article, we have um, an interesting um, development, which is basically the next version of Chrome is going to ship with generative AI features. So you've got you've had the concept in Chrome of grouping your tabs for a while. I don't know if anybody, some of my employees and some of the people I see, I see, oh, you're grouping your tabs, good for you. I'm still like all across the screen. Do you guys group them? I do profiles. Yeah. And then I, because I work I do on profiles. I do yeah. profiles, but no, I don't group them. No, I don't. Um, and that's just, you know, I don't do manual stuff, right? So now Chrome's coming in and they're saying, okay, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, group of tabs for you okay which is i think is a good example of hey let's let's release this feature it's been out for what eh, a year or two maybe and they probably longer i just never used it but now they're saying hey we're going to do that with ai oh yeah um, let's do it for nice you. move um so that and they've got basically help me write so generative content the the writing boxes okay so that one absolutely makes all the sense to me in the world that is like that's an actual practical feature that makes sense that people will actually leverage right the tabs thing, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Do, do you think that's the gateway drug where like Bard gets a lot more market share because you're, everyone uses Chrome, and what are the what model are they going to use to do the generative AI for your input or your text box? Do people care? Right, right. Well, like, well, like well, does, the, the, the question is that Jacob's posing though. I think is who's paying for this? Yeah, it's right? expensive. So is this a gateway drug to Bard's paid model, and and like, or is the future of AI? like generally this free please use google please use microsoft and is i guess it? a question for carl yeah. like with copilot and all the stuff that's going on like with trying to build these tools into like office products like browsers and and is is there the like, net what's that is look that like? the net is that everything ultimately points towards some element of paid right <laughs> <laughs> i mean free is great free is the drug free is the the thing that they put out there but the net is that the alignment is to ultimately generate revenue somehow from this. And, and that's that's the component. Whether it be, and I hate to use it, but because it's I'm so fatigued by the word subscription. Everybody wants you to subscribe another $9 here, another $20 here, another $9. But that's the goal, right? How else does this survive? How else do, how else do you fund these types of uh, components efficiently unless you can push people? And ChatGPT, right, is, is a great example of that. There's the freed version, which does some neat things, but hey, you really want to do the cool stuff? You really want it to do this? Eh, $19.95 a month, you know, and well, uh, all these all other things happen. every single AI product. <laughs> no, it's ridiculous. Right? We actually left that in the dust. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to do some, if you want to generate cool cat images like we did on Instagram, yeah. Yesterday. You better get, you better pay. So, well, but for like a so you guys are mostly a Microsoft organization, right? Uh, as an entity, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, does is have you guys been adopting like the the copilot and stuff? Is that stuff that's just coming down? And is that how's that work? Is that have you seen any of that? Like in the just in the day to day workers perspective? So not necessarily yet, as far as what ends up on a desktop or what ends up taking place within within a corporate entity but where we're seeing it uh, come in to play is more on the back-end management components of things hmm. uh, the back-end distribution and, and I mean there's the obvious play with cybersecurity right and all of the things that Microsoft is integrating into uh, their platform where it's no longer uh, the separate element that's over here it's it's Everything is fully, fully integrated, and, and that's an area where AI is playing a part. But mm -hmm. as far as out to the end user or people in the organization leveraging AI to consume or to do various things, I, I, I'm probably a little bit premature for that. Hmm. 
That's interesting because we a couple episodes ago we were actually talking about the best use case right now is backend services and admin functionality right. and less of just giving you know because <laughs> everyone jumps to like put the chatbot on the front yeah, of the right. website. Well, the chatbot though that is really interesting because believe it or not, there's pushback now from a legal perspective mm -hmm. on leveraging the chatbot uh, with a number of different class action suits that have been leveraged around <laughs> privacy. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's it's one of those things where let's do this. It was really cool and. Uh, uh, and a number of organizations in the marketing area pushes this and, and, and wants to, to leverage it because there's this perceived value. And then once it gets out there, the technical people are usually late coming up, you know, going, huh, huh. and then legal's even later, right? And then everybody goes, but, but wait, I think we may have an action, uh, an issue. And then by that time, the lawsuit's already been filed. And so, so that's a good question for, for a CTO, CIO, like is... Is AI, is part of the challenge with AI right now, like the shadow IT piece, like where people are going out and getting involved, like the business is trying to go get AI and bring it in themselves, yeah, which that, is just like any other thing they would do, right? That's always a challenge. Right. And, and just about any organization that has any sizable IT or any sizable marketing group, right? It's, it's trying to get that balance of having the departments within your organization recognize that these things are no longer you know, really simple light switches, little, little simple, like on off things. They're intensely complex. And to really have them be effective in your organization, as we were just talking about earlier, training the model, right? right? Well, you, you may connect with a vendor that is going to provide you this service, but the component, well, they, we need to train this on you and, and we need this information. Well, my, wait, I can't send you that information because it's protected and there's I privacy am, issues yep, here. And then, yep. well, we can't train uh, or the person sending it doesn't realize there are protections uh, required around that data. And that's where other internal AI wraps that and won't let them send that out of our environment. So it's, 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 <laughs> yeah, there's a yeah. chicken horse kind of type of thing, scenario, whatever you want to call it. But shadow IT is less of an issue now, believe it or not, than it was That's 10 surprising. years ago. Just because of the complexity, I think there's recognition in most entities that um, tech has a good side, but the bad side has real teeth when it's bad. Yeah. Uh, and that's where a number of organizations get bit. And they've got bit hard enough where that will show up in the press. And that resonates with leadership, right? That resonates with everybody going, hey, I don't want to be that entity. I don't want to be that example. Uh, let's make sure that we're in alignment here. Right. That's awesome. That's really good information. Um, and then lastly, I think we had something. Oh, yeah. And this is going to be a good segue into um, the next conversation. Was There was a uh, – Brandon found it, actually. There's an uh, interesting – Weekly found it. Uh, weekly. Uh, yeah, Big Cheese Weekly. Uh, yep. Check out bigcheese.ai. So Brandon's built this great news aggregator on there, and it's actually got some good compliments on LinkedIn. Um, but, um, you know, we use that to uh, find our articles, actually. And because then, you didn't message Not me, me today, because <laughs> I didn't He's it. like, what article should we be? I'm like, hold on. I'm like sitting there <laughs> working. Um, yeah, so the podcast prep sometimes is, 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 a, Let, is a wee bit last minute every once in a while. Uh, at least on the, the Some of the news. The news is always last the minute. The news last. Yeah. But anyway, we so want the freshest news. Exactly. There's, there's, we it. wanted to find something in the news that was a little bit relevant to today's topic. So... Um, one of the, there's a really cool article on MIT's technology review website about how AI is changing gymnastics judging. And basically what's happened is that, you know, you're looking at extremely subjective, um, sport when it comes sure. to scoring, 
right? It's not like basketball. If you get dunked on, it's two <laughs> points, right? If you shoot a three-pointer and it puts behind the line, it's right. three points. Um, you know, if you foul. <laughs> that's subjective. Yeah, that's subjective, <laughs> right? But if you do the pirouette and the back handspring and the, you know, whatever, I don't know anything about gymnastics. Except for you just broke out pirouette like you've been saying it for a hundred years. Is that a thing? I kind of rolled off the tongue. Uh, yeah, that was my, very my, smooth. My gymnastics experience stopped after Carrie Strug uh, uh, sprint, did the, uh, what was it, the vault on a sprained ankle? That was badass. Oh, um, mine, mine was the... Oh no, those are skaters that beat each other with baseball bats. That was back in the nineties. Oh, Tanya Harding. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Can you believe that Margot Robbie, uh, the Barbie, Barbie was the one that played Tanya Harding in the Tanya Harding movie? Oh, I didn't know that. No. Like probably the most, the prettiest. Yeah. Woman yep. in the world. Right. Like yeah. Harding. Um, Harding. Anyways, she, I digress. So AI is actually being implemented um, in gymnastics at the uh, championship level. And what they basically did is in the 2023 World Championships, they implemented it and it highly impacted the outcome of the tournament. And so there were some challenges. There were some, there were some, basically they can go to a review system and that review system isn't, you know how like it works on yeah. in the NBA. Uh, I mean, you know all about the, we'll get into the NBA um, and the NFL, but they go and they put their goggles on, right? <laughs> and they review it. But this is actually getting a, a, a recommendation from an AI system. Oh, okay. So they're saying no that they 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 they, they their leg missed it had, had a slight leg. little bend in it or the shoulder wasn't square or whatever. And so in a in a super subjective sport, I think that they're basically looking at this and they're saying this is actually going to could potentially um, change the sport potentially for the better, potentially for the worse. Do we, so. so so ultimately though, do we get to a point with these ones that are highly subjective by the judges? That we ultimately just say, let's get rid of the judges. We're going to have an AI that's going to basically be the, the future. Because the same thing happens with U, uh, UFC, right, or M any MMA. If it goes to the judges, you've got, a, you've got a very big chance that you're going to get screwed out of that, right? Because, again, they're so subjective. If you watch the Sean Strickland fight last – kind of, everybody was on the fence. So do we eventually just get to a point where we just say, we're going to let AIs be the judges? I'm not sure, though, short term on that, where that ends up. Like, gymnastics is a very um, technically oriented uh, – it's all technique, right? So it's from an AI perspective, you either do this thing this way or not, right? There's a perfect – you can define, and, and, and that's what the judges are supposed to be using, all of these variables. But they're they're known. And the pro Sports realm, like baseball, basketball, it's less subjective, right? There's a whole bunch of different variables at play, especially when it comes down to a foul, right? right. And then there's the, the what do you call the quote unquote flopping factor, where you know now they're saying the marginal contact thing. Have you noticed right. that? So it, it's it, it's it's a little little bit different uh, of a scenario, I think, in my mind. And I think in 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 something like gymnastics. Maybe you could get there because historically there's been a number of different things that have happened right. where you've got judges from different countries all mm. with different opinions and, and, and yeah, different influencing factors. Yeah. Right? Well, I, and I, I always wondered in gymnastics, like the story, the underlying story of this, this gymnast is really good, you know, and the very emotional, like high energy uh, routine. But technically, was she, I, I don't know the first thing about it. So like, can we go back and like, review what AI would have thought their score was versus well and that's a... that's actually such a great point because that's what they talk about in the article is like somebody could be really outstanding from a performance perspective and that actually comes into play in the sport 
and but they weren't as technical. They yeah. missed a couple of the things, but they did the they you know they 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 really really presented well. Right, but I guess that's maybe energy. Right? Have you seen the pig? Oh, uh, this is so off topic, but the girl who does like the pig shows and like the look in her eyes. Anyone seen on this no, TikTok? No. Okay. Just me. <laughs> I'm not sure what that's about. Okay, I'm googling pig pig TikTok. Pig TikToks. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's interesting. I think as we as we start talking more about sports, you look at AI and it seems to be impacting the evaluation piece of of sports. Where it's like, okay, in the MLB, you know, balls and strikes are being called by um, by cameras and AI in in the minor league system. You know, if if it's if it's in, um, you know, you have, and that's not really necessarily AI yet per, per, per se. Maybe it is, um, but uh, you know, you have other sports as well that that that's really coming into play. And I think they're trying to take out subjectivity right. um, where they can. Right. Um, but the, but the push, MLB is a great example, balls and strikes, right? That seems like that should have been able to been put in place years ago. Right. But, it, but there, and there's a reason it hasn't. There's the call the purists within the right. sport that are like, no, the umpire has a role and, 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 you know, that's part of the purity of the game. Sometimes you get the call, sometimes you don't, right? That, I mean, and it's that's, like, it's like when they call Assembly Hall down in Bloomington, the Hall of Calls. Like, like that the refs go down there and they they influence the game. Like, yeah. I mean, like, and it's just part of the game. Okay, so the human element is actually a critical part in this. It kind of is. You might have you might have a gymnastic or, or gymnast who does something you know amazing. While it might not be the most technical thing, but it hit that like inner nerve that we have in our brain or whatever, right? Where it's just like, Whoa! like where an AI wouldn't be able to appreciate that. And it's part of the entertainment of the game. Where would baseball be without the coach running out of the dugout, kicking, kicking the dirt? <laughs> right? I mean, it's all part of the entertainment That's factor really good point, of right. the event, right? And it, it is, it, you wouldn't have that. You'd have a, I mean, it would be relatively boring. You wouldn't have the, the crowd cheering, all, you know, all the various right. things that they do. That's worth something. As funny as that may seem, there's an entertainment value there that, for better or for worse, that that's provided that so, AI wouldn't. So are they like weighing um, the cost of getting a call wrong versus the cost of losing? Like, what's the equation there? Because I hear what you're saying, and that makes a ton of sense to me. Of like, that is part of it. You, oh, a missed call, we got screwed. And my team, I I love this team, and now I'm mad, but I'm also more engaged. So like, yeah, you'll be it, back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you'll be back. That's a, <laughs> Otherwise, I, it's I like, don't ah. think I've ever thought about it that way, but that's absolutely part of it. There's absolutely part of it. Have you ever seen the what the soccer ref does after the VAR reviews? They walk out like in this extraordinarily <laughs> long walk out to the out to the to the field, and everyone's like waiting for the call because an and element of drama. Yeah. And then he, points, he points down at the penalty box, and you're like, "Oh my god!" But like, so they, so they he didn't make that call, but he went out and made it super dramatic, right? He right. drew the attention in, and that is part of the game. Is this? Is those? I mean, I don't think that. I mean, I don't think that basketball or baseball or. You're right. I don't think it would be as entertaining without the human element. Yeah, it's it is absolutely a factor. Right. All right, good point. Yeah. Well, let's let's get into the meat of this. So, um, Carl, thanks again for joining. Um, you know, we have uh, we have been mostly focused um, our energy on AI tooling. You know, startups, SaaS, and you know. One of the things that uh, uh, we haven't necessarily gone down to privacy, um, yeah. we haven't necessarily like looked at a specific industry, or uh, even at a higher level where you have a you know a large organization. You have what you do is multi-dimensional. You work for 
uh, Pacer Sports and Entertainment, which is not just basketball. Um, you've done a lot of things the last couple of years, but um, so you're going to be a great wealth of knowledge for us. But just kind of give the audience a little bit um, an understanding of who you are, your background, how you got to Indianapolis. Um, I love your story and just want to you know, kind of kick it off so people can kind of get to know you a little bit. Yeah, so I've been in the uh, tech industry for a while. Uh, so prior to uh, current role with the Pacers, was at Starbucks in Seattle, and then was Microsoft before that. Um, like like actual Starbucks yes, corporate. Not, not in a, not no, not an apron, it. although okay. I did go right. through that program. But not, <laughs> yeah, not in one of the, the stores. You were a barista. Form. Right, okay. but, although that's a tough job. Yeah. Uh, but no, it was, I, so I ran uh, Global Networks and Infrastructure there. It was a, a lot of fun, great organization. Um, and then before that was with Microsoft, also in Seattle. Um, and, and before that was with AT&T. I've always kind of been in the role of uh, innovation within, within tech and pushing concepts. Ran a really cool lab at AT&T for several years, um, pushing out all types of different things within that organization, both uh, internal process type of tech as well as things that that would ultimately end up in the consumers uh, consumers hands but have done startups along the way uh, as well so kind of all over the place of from everything from startup to fortune uh, 500 um, and so, so what are some of the um, well I guess I, I guess I can I can just kind of spoil it that the, the all-star Game is coming to Indianapolis uh, for, for for those that aren't. Oh wow! Did you it is. I have no, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's just our entire airport. It's, airports got, of it's been in the floor. news for a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things um, that's so been I, out there. Before we got to the ice time, I did want to ask, like, what, how how's that been going? Like, are you guys excited? Over yeah, it's there? a lot and, of fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. It's going to be a great event. It's going to be a great event for the city. Um, uh, a lot of people working hard to make sure that everything goes off without a hitch. Um, but it's it's going to be an incredible event. Um, all types of, and it's actually not just a day anymore. It's a whole week's worth of activity with a number of things happening at the convention center, Lucas Oil, as well as at uh, Game When's Bridge. this all happening? Uh, February, the week of February 16th. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, which is uh, great because that's the weekend that my wife decided that we're going to Disney World. <laughs> that's, yeah. Good luck I don't well, I'll, I'll take some photos for you. <laughs> <laughs> And we're only going for like three days, just those three days, literally. Yes. I'll be there for the early week stuff. So um, tell us, I guess, for from your perspective, tell us a little bit about, uh, we'll start with like kind of the pace of sports and entertainment side, then we can kind of talk about the NBA. Just talk to us a little bit about, you know, how AI, especially in the last year, has impacted anything you guys are doing. Um, before we get into oh, that, yeah, sorry, actually yeah. real quick, before we get into that, I'm kind of curious how you got into the sports and to just AI in general. So before you start telling us about it, but like, because again, you were at Microsoft, you're at Starbucks. Yeah. How, how, were, was sports a big thing? No. Uh, and no, that, and there's a story behind that as well. But I hadn't, I shouldn't say this on no, here. You absolutely <laughs> should. That's why we get the deep cuts. Uh, yeah, no, I uh, <laughs> hadn't watched a basketball game. Uh, so my father and I used to watch uh, uh, the NBA all the time, and uh, my father passed, passed away uh, a number of years ago. But uh, we were watching a game together, um, and a fight broke out, right? I won't say which fight. <laughs> was, this the, was this a classic fight? <laughs> well, I didn't know that at the time. but So a fight broke out, and we both were fairly disgusted by what it seen, and I went through that whole thing. And we, we – I didn't – we didn't watch another game after that. 
Um, and then just out of happenstance, I got a call from a recruiter and then ended up talking to a number of different people and ended up at the, the Pacers. Um, but they had a lot of, lot of work needed to be done, but I was actually walking the hall like three or four weeks after I started and bumped into somebody and they were talking about something and then they brought up, oh, and we're, you know, we're fully recovered in this fight. And it was just like, oh my gosh, I'm watching because of that fight. And that was the Pacers, Malice of the Palace, and all <laughs> that other stuff, right? I had no idea until that moment. Uh, it, all, and, it all came. Yeah, I was like, oh, whoa. That was the most, one of the most impactful things I've ever seen on television, let yeah. alone sports. So, yeah. I mean, I can totally see that it impacted people very differently and it impacted the city tremendously. Yeah. It was I, a very I, low moment. Um, it took us a long time to recover. And Rick Carlisle was the coach of the team when that happened. And then he ended up, now he's back. Yeah. So it's, it's been a, been a redemption story for the city. Um, uh, but yeah, the, 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 the organizations, uh, obviously from a technology perspective. So, uh, blessed to have you as a part of it. I've seen you, what you guys have done, especially from a networking infrastructure and other things you guys have done. It's awesome over there. Uh, they re completely redid the the building. Um, I went to a concert there not too long ago. It was unbelievable. Yeah, so. there's, there's been a lot of hard work that's gone into not only the kind of the brick and mortar, but all of the tech is new in the facility. Every from when I started to today, there isn't anything that was there when I started that's still running. Everything is gone. Uh, all new core switching around, all new wireless, all and every, that's on and that's on the side of the business that the guests see when they come into the facility. But we're also a uh, four hundred person corporate entity with all uh, you know a couple hundred million dollars in revenue with all of uh, the tech complications that come with that. And and on that side of the equation, everything is also now. Now you mentioned earlier we are generally standardized on the Microsoft uh, stack. For a number of different reasons, this is not because I come from Microsoft, although sure, sure, <laughs> right. sure. although that network has helped out quite a bit. But um, but that's where um, a lot of people look at pro sports, and I I got this for the first two years that I was here. What does uh, CTO for pro sports entity do? So you do the big screen, right? Yeah. You do this, and I'm like. Well, well, there's a little bit more to yeah. it than that. You know, we're actually a pretty big company, and we actually have all these systems and, and all of these other things that go on. But it's been a heck of a run, though. A lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, it's, it's – I would say just as an observer, it's a, it's a high-stakes job. Yeah. It yeah, really you screw is. up, and it generally gets out on TV somewhere. <laughs> <and> something <laughs> happens, and you're uh, – yeah, it's, it's uh, sweat. Uh, and you can, sweat. I'm going to give uh, – uh, credit to Carl. Carl is actually the one that fixed the Bally Sports streaming. He actually figured it out. He was the one. Yeah, not even close. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's great now. <laughs> totally. Water under the bridge, yep, Bally. No, that wasn't me. Um, wasn't me. So, so what are you guys, like, it, it is, like, from a, uh, from a corporate perspective, I think we kind of covered it. I mean, is, are you, is the AI, is AI on the business side of Pacer Sports and Entertainment like this constant thing, or is it just is it a slow drip? Because I mean, everybody's adopting it in different ways. Yeah, I would say that it's probably more today, to use your term, slow drip, right? So there, pro sports is this really interesting entity where it's a very high profile industry, right? So the the, the logo, we're very much a local company, but we have a global brand, and that, and and then we're under the NBA moniker so on the ai side 
there's a lot of entities that want to bring that in and focus on things like injury injury prediction, uh, player performance. Um, we have a lot of AI that I don't think the industry is ready, really ready to talk about yet, running in various states, uh, learning and, and being trained. Um, and we're looking, and that's, that though ultimately is looking, we're looking, or the industry is looking at focusing that on gambling, right? Major revenue centers and how do you feed these animals that exist that, that, that thrive on data, right? So that's where a lot of it ultimately enters the space. And, and, and when I look at it, um, you know, then it's a little bit different from an evaluation perspective. I bring kind of, hey, is this real? Or when it comes in from an outside entity, is, is this real? Is this something that this PowerPoint presentation that they're talking about can land and, and we can actually do something with it and, and it delivers something of value? That's interesting. Or, or is this something that, you know, it's this great PowerPoint, but hey, missing are these things, right. privacy, right. all of the various things. How many things. times have you been pitched, and I've, it could be zero, how many times in the last year, or so since let's say since chat GPT was came a household term, have you guys been pitched on an AI product for, for the pacers that really missed the, the privacy concept oh, of, of having the data exposed? All of them. It's a very high percentage. Yeah. And, and, and again, and it's a number of these entities, they're not, when they come in and talk to us, they're not the large companies that are in the space. It's startups, it's this, that, and the other. And, and startups, um, don't always, you know, <laughs> their priorities are not necessarily always aligned with. I can with spell <laughs> HIPAA two P's, right? <laughs> right, exactly. So, and then when you go to overlay, uh, you know, your legal uh, issues and your insurance components and, and, and the indemnity clause, and then they just, they go, and it's silence, and then you've got a problem. And that there it is part of part of the issue, right? And I think that that's kind of a hurdle that we've got to try to figure out how to overcome because right now um, the exposure for us, we're, we're a target, right? And, right? and when you look at indemnity, when you look at right. the repercussions of privacy, uh, those things are becoming very real. The, the teeth and, and, and those components are, are pretty sharp. Is that, is that a, and this may probably differs from um, every single organization, but is that a something that the the technology aspects of the business like the ct like your direct reports are evaluating or is that something that procurement and legal are now getting wise to it's that's a gray area right so it used to be everybody was in their silo and and, and legal wasn't necessarily something that tech the technical component the technical folks looked at now it's i mean you've got to be aware of all of that there's no way you sit in a meeting there's no way you have the conversations without having those pieces in the back of your mind. In fact, uh, a number of people on my staff are going for certifications in this now, legal certifications, so that you can get ahead of some of these things. Because if you don't catch them early enough and, and you get all the way to the point where legal's reviewing a contract, it, it's too late. And then you've got, no, this is missing, that is missing, and that's missing, and, and you completely stall out uh, these things. It's, it's What are some of the coolest never gonna work Pie in the sky ideas that you've heard. I'm not sure I can talk about. So okay, <laughs> that's fine. What are some? There, there of are. Are. So, so I'm I'm kind of curious. Is is there much that's coming down at the top from N the NBA? 
that's saying, hey, we have we have now a couple things that we think that everybody in the entire organization should be considering. So the NBA has an event annually. It's during summer league. They have two events. Um, the big one is during summer league, and that's in Vegas, and it's a summit around technology and pro sports. Uh, so I attended the one this this past uh, past year, and it was all it was predominantly AI. So it was, it, and again, it was injury prediction. Uh, there was a lot of AI around micro betting, which is a really interesting concept. Uh, micro that, betting, just you mean just like I'm throwing fifty cents that he's gonna he's gonna make that yeah, one so, shot. So, so mic, micro betting is is particularly interesting because it requires a lot of data to function. So the concept in general, just to review it real quickly, is you walk into any arena or pro sporting event or a sporting event, and you have whatever app it is that that league requires or arena requires. And when you walk in, the app knows you're there, and it says, hi, so-and-so, uh, welcome to blah, blah. Uh, you already have your profile all set up, and it said, would you like to participate in micro betting? And yeah, okay, so then you're sitting in the stands, and AI knows you and knows what you like to bet on. It says, do you want to right now place 50 cents that when they inbound the ball, it's going to bounce once mm. as opposed to twice? Okay. Or, or <laughs> that they're going to pass from this person to that person. Or this very specific, unique thing is going to take place. And, and if it's obviously more complex than that, and there are a number of different variables involved for it to happen successfully, specifically when it comes down to infrastructure, not only just the AI, but the infrastructure in the arena to allow that type of low latency type of event to take place. It, it's, it adds another element of fun, it, it's, it's very unique. So you're talking about a really almost like a, a in-person retail aspect of, of betting, not just a kind of, a, you know, your typical fan duel in-game, the spread changed stuff. You're talking about pattern recognition betting. It's very, very specific, very unique to you. And you might be sitting here and three seats over, somebody might be on the same application and they may get a different hmm. wow. micro bet than you. How are these, uh, uh, whoever's facilitating the bet, getting their odds? Like, I, I imagine that would be very difficult to understand the risk of, okay, if I ask, uh, you know, how many people can fit in the stadium, 16,000, 17,000? So it, but that, that's the magic of AI. That's all just magic. And it just okay. happens in the okay. <laughs> And nobody really knows. Magic. We were looking for it the whole podcast. Right? There it was, right? It's just, wow, whatever. You know, it's just, but well, I know if it's Andrew Nemhard, if he's going to bounce it, it's going to bounce twice. Yeah. Every single time Every he brings time. the ball to the floor. Like, hey, you, just you would get that bet. But yeah, that's that. Uh, and that's one of the more interesting concepts that's generally out there. I think that they've tried it. Um, and it was fairly successful, I think, last year at MLB All-Star, mm. one of these events. They've, they've tried it in different arenas. But as I said, here's, again, one of the pro sports AI. When you look at just the general concept, part of my job is when, when, when these entities come in and it's a fan-facing concept, it's not only is that tech sound or can it can we actually get there it's to take that and say okay this thing this this concept requires infrastructure to run on and when you get into these stadiums when you get into these event centers um that has that varies wildly right yep. so to really have a shot at pulling this off 
it comes down to at the end of the day latency right everything comes down especially with real time uh, with with ai in this fashion it's it's all about latency that that reminds me sorry but i so i coached wrestling for a long time and there was this app called track wrestling and the number one problem they had it's real time score update or or you know tracking the the actual match and putting it out there to anyone who has the app of what's going on what's the score all that stuff and they're doing it at the, at a computer but most of these events happen at schools and schools while they have fairly good wi-fi they're not it's not great yeah, it's, and it's different between that school and that school right. so that was the number one feedback i, mean, I always heard was yeah channel, i mean we were wi-fi channel because it's incredibly complex to do that at scale so to provide that type of environment at scale what we're talking about is much different than all the conversations we've had yeah right you're talking about a model that's being trained on these huge gpus on these unbelievable data sets it's not real time now Sure, ChatGPT can go go to Bing for me, which I do use that. <laughs> but you're talking about real-time analysis. And that's what I think what, uh, is an interesting distinction. So a lot of the tech that's in the NBA stadiums is based off cameras right now. Yes. Right? And so they're taking cameras, and they placed, they were doing that. They've been doing that for a, well, much longer than even other sports. Wasn't that, hasn't some of that... Yeah, it's been around. Infrastructure it's, been around for quite a while. It's been around for quite a while. It started uh, a number of years ago with Intel doing the experiment and coming in and putting all of the cameras in. And they did uh, NBA and I think NFL and some NHL arenas. And that was more, and they did that on their expense to kind of see what was possible. So a number of years ago, if you were watching uh, an event, a basketball on, on television, and it was nationally televised. They did the, and it would come after they came back from commercial break. They would do the here's the shot, and they would swing yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was done by the system. There wasn't necessarily AI; it was just video processing, and the images were being built with, with AI. But um, uh, that was all just video processing. But that was just to see what was possible. It's advanced several generations and very, very quickly from that. Those systems are no longer in operation, but there are other systems that, that, that have been deployed that are fully operational. So who's who's making that investment? Is that the NBA that's making that investment? Sure. It, it's a combination of uh, the leagues uh, that are paying for that investment as well as the tech industry and in a couple of key companies that, that are bringing that, that element into the equation. So from an injury prevention perspective, like what are they looking for? What types of patterns are, I mean, is it just, they just figured out a way to analyze it or is it more like stats? Like, is it more, is it the camera stuff or is it like just raw data stuff? So it's, it's not necessarily what happens in the arena. So they now have sensors in the uh, gear that they're working out with mm. and the exercise equipment that are measuring all of these variables. Um, and as well, well as, sorry, real quick, yeah. they're, they've got cameras in the workout rooms as well. No, um, not in the workout oh, rooms. So biometrics. Yeah, so it's biometrics as well as embedded sensors in the gear that they're using. Oh, so so the, so the yes. actual machines yeah. that they're using. Yes. And, the, the, and this okay. was just to be clear. This was at. Uh, this is not necessarily tech that's deployed. Mm -hmm. This was at uh, being. Um, highlighted at the, at the event, right? It. So it was a number of different companies that were there talking about, well, if I look at all of these variables and I know the human body and then you input all of this information on player XYZ and their various conditions and I run you through this MRI scan that looks at these things, I can then 
predict certain things that you're doing. And what they found is that they, they can they can determine the difference between muscle groups and even left leg versus right leg uh, and players that uh, choose and, and favor certain muscle groups. And if you were to change your um, training to eliminate this bias, this unknown uh, element, you can improve. Uh, your performance by looking at all of these various things. It's That's really, really interesting. Yeah, it's, it's very, very complex and, and but I think we're still we're still a couple of years from it really translating from again a present a controlled presentation to something that your trainers could operate. I mean there's there's that element, right? When you implement right. it in, in the real world, you don't have a whole tech organization there to yeah. facilitate that every time. This reminds me of a couple of our conversations we've had before of like, we would look at this tech and we'd start the conversation with, all right, who's going to lose their job or whatever. But mm -hmm. it's interesting because it sounds like a trainer could do their job better in this case. If that's you, the goal. Yeah, it's like, and definitely LeBron's going to sit on the second night of a back-to-back, -back, but that's just probably, get, that's built into the system probably, right? Yes. Well, what, what no, level I'm, of accountability no do you really have? <laughs> no comment. You're a professional athlete. Your job is to take care of your body. Yeah. Right, and you're in the the training staff's job is to help you do that. Devil's advocate here. Let me let me throw. Uh, and this is not necessarily. I'll I'll put this out there, but right. So you're a professional athlete, and there's all of this information out there on you now. <laughs> Your contract's coming up for renewal. Yeah, mm. I mean, like I was just thinking about the social credit score for yeah. the NBA guys. Yes. That's what it like is DeAndre Jordan. Yes. On the Nuggets, really going in, getting in the the weight room at 4 a.m. Is he Kobe? No, we probably not. <laughs> Maybe he's so <laughs> mad at me right now. Sorry, dude. Um, but like, like you, there's, yeah. I if I was if I was if I was the MBPA, I would be very I would be very concerned. So yeah, yeah, and and this is true for most pro sports, and I, I'm speaking not just for uh, the NBA. In no way do I represent anything. It's yeah, just in nothing. general. Yeah, Carl does not represent any yeah. thoughts of the Pacers Sports and Entertainment or the NBA. Yeah. But but from uh, you know when you get to know and understand how these industries work, you know there's there's two sides to the equation. There's the players' associations generally with most of these leagues, and the players' associations associations are there to look out for the best interest of the athletes and you know you have all of this information that's about to be dumped into that process and these variables that that teams want to look at to assess value uh, that could be potentially brought to this side of the organization well that value will now is a, it's a variable right and if you're looking at this and AI says well we're seeing all of these things but the reality is it's not part of the equation today, and, and it could be tomorrow, and that is something that seriously has to be looked at uh, from not only from a privacy perspective, but the, the, the downside, the negative consequences of that. Yeah, so you're talking about health data about, the, about a person being shared with the, with the, the person that's doing yeah. payroll and, and trying to figure out the next contract. So potentially, yeah. So is there a wall up between the, the training staff potentially that so, they might write into the agreement right and those walls are you know only as thick and as uh, <laughs> right yeah, yeah. that's the that's what the players associations would say well there's a wall up but the reality is and just like the gymnastic yeah. situation you know like that an athlete might have had a dip in their performance from a from a workout perspective or whatever but maybe his brother was in the hospital for a right. few weeks and, and or he tweaked his heat you know or just like there could be penalties associated with that if yeah. i'm a gymnastics and I, and I miss several training session or I'm not 
AI would be able to determine, hey, are they giving 100% in practice? Well, according to what it's looking at, the answer is no. But it doesn't take into account why. It just says yeah. no. And the, the, the repercussions of that, well, that immediately triggers penalties mm -hmm. for this, this, and this. I think you said it earlier, like, it, we're getting past this phase now, but everybody thinks AI is magic and, and also flawless yes. in its assessment. Yeah. And it's only as good as the data you put. And this is just another real world example of that, where right. it's like, it can give you an idea of what's going on, but it's still up to you, whatever application you're using it in, still up to you, it's your responsibility to understand what does that actually translate to? What were the other variables it couldn't possibly have understood? Uh, so I was I was reading this article from, it was from 2020, and it was about, it was uh, an analytics, um, uh, uh, employee from the Atlanta Hawks, and they were talking about AI in, in the NBA, and uh, it was really the machine learning stuff they were doing with the pattern recognition, so they were doing new stats that never existed. So you used to have you know, points, assists, rebounds, or PER, you know, just basic stats, but they were doing more like, how, what's your pick and roll rate, and what's your, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the stuff that was derived from cameras. And, and pattern recognition, and uh, they were like talking about he was he was talking about how like oh their models predicted that um, that uh, LeBron and and D Wade going to Miami would have no impact on the success of the team because their their roles were too similar and they took bad shots, and I'm like well that's the AI element, <laughs> right. but the, the the human element shows that they won what I guess they only won two championships That's you said still, they were gonna win yeah, not still. six not seven wait you're gonna be 50 lebron you can't keep counting up two is um, more than zero though yeah, yeah yeah but more than zero right and, and, and that they didn't understand the human element of that it's like it's lebron james and Dwayne wade they're gonna be able to adjust or their Eric game Spolstra, yeah, or, yeah or just like you know just like the the vibe that that team the other players they had right right like and so you know bad bad take bro but you you just looked at the data you didn't look at um, you didn't look at, you know, what it, what it could be like if a human says, well, I need to take less shots because yeah. LeBron James is the best player in the world. Uh, right. That comes down to, again, with the, the humans in the equation, oh, the scouting staffs will tell you that human element. Uh, and if you look at what was it? this was a while ago, this was before a, but the movie Moneyball, right? Yeah. You had the scouting staffs sitting around the table going, you're never going to, you know, the reality is it's, it's more of a balance. Yeah. It's another data factor, but it's not the only one. And a lot of times it's by far, there are far, uh, a, there's a number of elements that far outweigh that one factor to determine success. And yeah, the money ball stat that's the most impactful you have to learn from is the ugly girlfriend stat. <laughs> yes. oh. He goes, he a great hitter, ugly girlfriend though. <laughs> <laughs> that, that reminds me, uh, I was reading this this book and they were talking about uh, uh, predictions later in the season, specifically for basketball, but it was teams that aren't very good in the beginning of the season. And then they give a lot of, like if there's a lot of um, oh, butt slaps and like backs, you know, like lots of yes. camaraderie is a, is a generally an indicator for future success. And I'm like, they were doing this manually. This was, they were just literally watching videos and saying that mm -hmm. team is giving more high fives to each other than that team. And sure enough, at one data point, but the I'm pro, sure there was more. There is no doubt pro sports, sports in general, it's a very, it's a very emotional task. It's a very emotional event, right? So that, those elements with that AI is pretty binary, right? It's ones and zeros. They tend not to translate and capture components like that. You know, the, the superstitions, all of those things are real things. They're yeah. real elements of the game that I'm not sure. Well, AI, I know today, right, there's no component maybe in the future. But yeah. right now, 
Uh, I mean, there's the whole, when a batter walks up to the plate, there's the tap, 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 tap. There's those right. elements that derive confidence that help them feel more at home that it's not a one or zero thing. Where an yeah. AI would start telling you, hey, you need to tap your shoulders to make sure you get that You missed hit, one. Right? And, uh, right. watch, so what's the, what's the, like, the conclusion? It's 2024. There's AI is taking, is taking over. But is 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 the future? What is the future of AI in sports from your perspective? Is it is it a is it a backseat? Is it in the forefront? Is it transformational, or is it just something that's just there? So I mean, it certainly has the potential to be transforming, depending on who's selling it. Right, it has that potential. But I think right now, today, it's it's something that's present, and and everybody's just searching to go. Okay, well, this is here, and the obvious. The obvious pieces are uh, gambling. It has the potential to, ge to, to generate a lot of real-time stats to feed uh, the casinos, to feed uh, the online uh, the online apps and things of that nature. There's those elements that are relatively obvious. I think the other components are still we're still a little ways away. I mean, they've still got to play out well. There's there's the piece that, that, that I always say, you can have the best bit of tech in the world, but there's the training element that comes uh, for the staff, right? Because you still have uh, the uh, physical therapist. You've got all these people that they're not going to lose their jobs. They just need to be up-leveled on the training now to incorporate this into their process uh, for evaluation. And that, that's, that's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. So I'm not, uh, again, I'm not very good at the sports as we would say. Uh, but so at, at, a, at a... You do have some chicken legs. Uh, hey, now. Uh, uh, from a betting side, you've mentioned it kind of multiple times now that the betting play, is there, does does the NBA have like a, like is betting going to be a thing or do they have to kind of keep a separation of it? It seemed like you'd need to, right? Yeah, we are. We're, that's being driven by the, the app, a uh, number of different partners that we have in that space. Okay. But All you've right. seen, like, even ESPN has now. Like, you see mainstream huge media companies are now. They're leveraging. So we have the ability to leverage stats. I mean, that was you know, for full. We did a project. Yeah, Sean and sure. I did a project on that where we did uh, projection mapping in the real time. We took the stats feed and put that in the yeah, arena. Yeah, we saw the real the real time NBA yeah. stats. I mean, every single every single second we're getting these boom, boom, boom yeah. data feeds with just any single thing. And those are getting consumed. And their different properties are getting added to those uh -huh. objects all the time. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's that's a real thing. But they're, that we're in the business of generating those stats and then putting them out to to partners and then what the NBA wants to do with them from there. I can't necessarily speak to that. Right. Uh, but but it's all about it, it com, comes down to that's kind of that the end. There's all of this work that goes into ensuring because once you say that you want to use these to, to, for and then there's money involved, you got to be accurate. Right. You, you've got to have mm. the, all of these other things lined up and they have to be bulletproof right oh gosh right so it's because and i think the classic example of that and i think this within the public domain was this started in arena gambling started a while ago right a number of season seasons ago the number of different companies were trying something and they were running an app they were running the app in an arena during a live event and they were looking at the stats and they were allowing actual wagers to take place. And 
I don't know if you remember that was the bottle being thrown in during the foul shot. So Oops. all of a sudden they saw this huge spike. Nobody knew what was happening. And then they went to go take the phone. Somebody threw the bottle and it was all set up, right? So at that second, a second after that happened, everything stopped. Yeah. Because you can't control those elements. And that's the difference between that and type micro betting. You don't have that component because it's right. instant. Yeah. So it's, there are a lot of challenges. It all sounds great. Um, and like I said, you can put together a hell of a PowerPoint. Uh, presentation on oh it's going to be awesome and these things are going to happen and you can do this and this and this my, yeah <laughs> my biggest takeaway from today is that Carl's seen a lot of AI powerpoints so I I have to ask just because so I worked at a company called X-ray glass uh, and the whole premise here is for the deaf and hard of hearing to basically be able to have subtitles of whatever's going on so this conversation I'd have yep, yep. The subtitles right they're starting to see that there's potentially a draw into events, into, into games and like this. Are you guys doing anything currently? Yeah, that that's uh, great that you brought that up. We just actually finished an app uh, and we worked with Microsoft on it. So Microsoft brought in their team uh, and they actually did it just to assist with um, hearing impaired and uh, visual people with visual challenges. Right. So. The app is during a Pacers game, you can go into the arena, launch our Pacers app, and then there's a button during the game that says if you want to uh, press this. Titles. Yeah, to, uh, and, and the traditional uh, closed captioning is a uh, system and it goes off and, you know, so it's very, there's been very little innovation in that I, space. I need, to, I need to watch that system <laughs> so, at some point. Like, but we worked, uh, and, and uh, hats off to, yeah, hats off to Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft. They actually use, the, it's the chat GPT engine behind it. Oh, really? So in okay. real time during an event, the broadcast, not the broadcast, the, the uh, MC in Arena, everything is closed captioned, and it's real time. And, and that model is being trained as we speak, uh, but it's getting more and more and more accurate. And we hope to, in the next little bit, have a button on there so you can change different languages in real time as well. So That's if cool. you want, X-Ray can already do that. Yeah, so, they can, <laughs> so we, we can do it as well. Props it's, to it's, X-Ray. It's, it's available, I think, right? We just haven't enabled it, but it would be available French, uh, Mandarin. And so that's all. Is that all through Microsoft then? It it, it was a project that they helped us. Okay. Do, so it oh, was, so so. It, but 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 it's your product. It's yes. Okay. It's running that's in cool. our environment. Nice. We asked them to help uh, collaborate. You, we, is, is, so you're the only. Is there other NBA teams doing the same one? It is available. So we will make it available. It wasn't done. We're not going to drive any revenue from it. It was done because we saw the need for individuals coming into arenas that are asking for these types of services, and there was a gap in and what awesome. existed today. So we developed it with them with the thought that, hey, it, we get this and we get it right, go out to, to every arena that wants 100%. to enable us. It's very low touch. It's very lightweight. Right. It just requires everything. I mean, everything's running in the cloud and the cloud and it comes back down in, in the app. Awesome. Well, uh, props quickly. to you. And then for all the young engineers out there that are listening, accessibility is very important and you should take it seriously yeah. because. Yeah, um, huge, it's huge, it's, it is a huge it's, market. Yep. Uh, there's lots of opportunity there. And that was it was a space that kind of lagged for a while. But now you're seeing oh, uh, a huge, lot yeah. of uh, a lot of different elements happening within the arena space. Uh, to extend that experience that that historically may not have been as fulfilling. Well, yeah. And accessibility is just good usability. Yeah, that's what we yeah. found. I mean, that's yeah. why Gen Z watches Netflix with no 
uh, volume, right? It's just yeah, it's with just, subtitles. Or, yeah, with subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> I just sit there with with a unit. When you make something accessible, the the applications are endless. It's not just. I mean, sure, it's really great for people that absolutely need it, but sure. it's it's something that is, is you never you just becomes more useful than you ever thought it would. Right, and and, and that translates to like, this is a great example. All Stars International event, and there will be people in arena speaking all types of languages, and this app's going to make that experience even better. Yeah, it's awesome. We, we talked a little bit about this a few weeks ago, but just the intersection of like good and like uh, good for business, you know, and accessibility hits that mark right. very well. It does. And AI especially is very good at at achieving some of these things that weren't possible before. We we use like a, a text to, to um, speech tool a little bit, and if you've ever used like the auto speech readers on a on a website, they suck. Yeah. Um, I'm super excited for anything involved in that space because it's just easier to consume the information. And one of the challenges, though, the funny thing is, is that well, the tech is there, right? The ability to do this is fairly. It comes down to the infrastructure then. So your MC's mic and how they're speaking into the mic and when they yell and the distortion. Yes, all of that. And so we tried to turn. We tried to, to use it. Uh, yeah, we. <laughs> We tried to use it during a concert as well because it's, it's the same thing. You, we can take any feed in the arena. We've got control over that. So we, we got the artist's permission to be able to take a feed from the stage. <laughs> what happened was, I won't say who it was, but they were an older artist. And the people that were there knew all the words of the song, but what he was saying may or may not have been anything close to what it actually was. And Sounds like Molly Crew. Yeah, right. Yes, it was that. It was that. It was that, and AI was just like, I have no idea what this guy's saying. See, so you got to have that human element. Right. That's why those closed caption guy on the Commodore 64. For now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been, I think, great. Been awesome. A great big cheese. It goes practice. quick. It's it goes, so, this is so all, quick. This has it's been, been, an an been an hour. It's this been an been hour. Long, and I, I really, really thank you. That was awesome. I yeah. think, it, I think it was, it. We covered everything and more. And um, I think that uh, this for this foray into having some unique perspectives yep. is going to be good for us. So for all those um, don't know anything about Indianapolis, that's where we were based out of. The Indiana Pacers are playing basketball in the best arena in it's the world. Right? Uh, yeah, it's, it's sports ball in Indianapolis. It, we get the sports uh, ball. And uh, the, the, one of the greatest events is the, the NBA All-Star yeah. uh, game, and that's going to be held here. And, you know, people, people wonder why uh, events like that get held in Indianapolis, but it's because Indianapolis puts on events like no, no one. I grew up, my dad worked at a hotel downtown when I was a kid, and, and so I grew up in that. It's going to be and a hell of a show. It's going to be a great show. I can't wait for, to see what you guys are putting on. Um, I love the the NBA All-Star jerseys with the pinstripes I saw this morning, um, and there's going to be a great Hoosier feel to it. Now let's hope we get the same weather that we got for the Super Bowl when the Super right. Bowl was in Indy. Yeah, right. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, if not, we'll, I'm sure they'll have a plan. So check and us a, out. And a backup plan to that plan. Um, yeah, exactly. Nobody does events like Indy. So thanks, Carl, for joining us. Um, we look forward to great success for you and the Pacers, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you.